It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. Thanks for being with us. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. With me in the KFG studios, my business partner and colleague, Josh Gregory. Good to be with you, Mike. Yeah. Well, have you started your tax planning for this year yet? If you haven't started yet, it's getting kind of late, but not too late, thankfully. So today, we're going to help you jumpstart your year-end tax planning process with our special guest and CPA, Ryan Fair. That's right. Ryan's back in the studio today. We're going to talk all sorts of stuff about tax law changes and demystify all this for you. If you have any questions, gosh, taxes create a lot of questions. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to answer them on an upcoming show. If you're dealing with something specific for you and just need some help, reach out to us. You can connect with Ryan and he can address your question right away. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. You can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. And all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. We've got the YouTube channel rolling. Every episode's right there. You can reach out and connect with the show. Each of those ways, just search Wise Money Radio. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. Hey, thanks, guys. Glad to have you back. He needs no introduction just because we've done it way too much. He's a CPA and CFP, though, which makes him a rare find because he knows the tax code. He likes the black and white of the tax code, but also was a financial planner and still carries that designation, does a lot of continuing add on that, too. So he's aware of planning opportunities to look for ways to improve your tax situation. Speaking of, speaking of, you guys know my rule. Every time you get your taxes prepared in the spring, you've got to answer three questions. The first one is, is this return accurate? So do I know where the numbers came from? Is it right? The second question you need to answer is, is there anything I can do right now to improve last year's return? So Ryan and actually KFG, I mean, we specialize in that. You need to answer that question. And then the third we're hitting today, and that is, all right, this upcoming year, what's changed and what new opportunities exist that I need to go after? I, I like those three questions because just the act of asking those questions is what helps you link your tax planning with your overall financial life. That's right. right? And if you divorce those two, if you take your tax planning, you separate it from your overall financial planning, you're going to make financial mistakes, tax mistakes. It could be that you file your taxes wrong. I hope that doesn't happen, that you are getting the right numbers in the right boxes every year and, and whatnot. But more likely, you're, you're going to miss tax planning opportunities. Yep. Those uh, mistakes of missed opportunities are a big deal. And it's one of the reasons why it's important for your CPA and your CFP to be working together. That's what I love about Ryan. Having the CFP and CPA behind your name makes you extra nerdy, my friend. (laughs) Nerd on steroids here today. (laughs) It's true. Uh, But, uh, you know, many people, their CPA and and, um, their overall financial life are not integrated together. Their CPA is someone that they see once a year in the spring, sometime between February and April. And if that's all the time that you get with your CPA, 
when their hair is on fire and their life is busy, they might not be bringing their very best creativity to bear in your financial life. Or any creativity, actually, at all, because they're just trying to get the right number in the right box and get it out quick to move on to the next one. Nothing wrong with that, but it's a busy season for us, too. But you need to be proactive. Those those two questions, that I the, the, the second and third question, are about being proactive. That's right. You know, your, your CPA may not know all the areas that you could be improving your tax picture because many of these hidden gems are located in other areas of your financial life that they may not have a glimpse into because you don't have the time to give them that glimpse. Mm. And uh, th- that's, you know, not to put a plug in for, for Ryan here, but one of the things I love about working with you, Ryan, is the ability to collaborate. And um, that, that's harder to do when your financial advisor or you don't work together on a regular basis. That's right. It's not going to be as efficient. The process isn't as refined when you don't have that kind of uh, time together. So most CPAs are slow right now. It's, you know, it's the fall. We're past October 15 and Ryan is shaking his head almost out of envy here because you and your team, this is not a slow time for you. Why no. is that? No, envy is a good word, Mike. <laughs> I, you know, every year I talk to, I go to these conferences and talk to other, you know, accountants and, you know, they, you know, only work, you know, from nine to three throughout the week and take Fridays <laughs> off. And then there's me, I'm, you know, broken down in tears, crying at these continuing oh, conferences. Oh, martyr. So, Ryan's yes. a martyr too. I forgot you to You at least go that. to 3.30, right? <laughs> yeah, 3.30. Yeah. Well, a couple hour lunch in But between, it is but busier. No, it is busy. Right now we, we are... Uh, you know, we're cranking on tax projections. Mm -hmm. So tax returns, those are done. We just finished, uh, you know, everything through October 15th for everybody that likes to extend. Uh, They finally got us the rest of their stuff to finalize the returns. And now uh, instead of tax season, we call it tax projection season around the office. And so, yeah, literally we've done hundreds of projections in the last, you know, few months to prepare clients for the upcoming tax season that comes after the first of the year. So so uh, that's the voice of CPA Ryan Fair joining us today on the Wise Money Show. So so guys and Josh, just for the people who are not familiar with the term tax projection, what is a tax projection and why is it so important? Well, a tax projection is just a forecast or it's our best guess as to where your tax return is going to land this year. And you're running it usually in the second half of the year before we get to December 31st, you want to know or have an idea um, what kind of opportunities still exist between here and the end of the year. And also, uh, are there any surprises that could be coming? Mm -hmm. If you wait all the way until March to figure out what 2018 did to you, this of all years may be the year of some surprises. For some people, it'll be a positive surprise. Others, uh, unfortunately, they're set up to... uh, to have a, a nasty tax day this year because of some of the tax reforms and uh, their employer's response to it. So Ryan, what's involved in tax projection? What what sort of information do you need in order to do an analysis like that? Yeah, so tax projections, we gather all of the year-to-date information, best-known information. So f- if uh, clients are still working, we get their current pay stubs, project out through the end of the year uh, to predict what their W-2 will look like at the end. Uh, any, you know, if they're retired, retirement distributions, uh, you know, from IRAs, pensions, annuities, any of that stuff, uh, Social Security, and we project out what we think, you know, the final final numbers are going to look like for the year. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, once we do that, we we start, it's pretty much like doing a 
doing a tax return. It really I mean, is. And we've argued with you actually internally yeah. uh, inside the walls at KFG about this because, no, this should be simple. It's just a projection. And no, it's really like creating a mock tax return. Yeah. And even with a little bit more work, because you're not just taking the numbers off the W-2, you have to actually create the W-2. Right. And just thinking, well, I know how much I'm going to make for the year. That's not it, because no. how much are you going to have withheld? We're going to talk about that in a minute. I think there are a lot of people who have a surprise brewing. And so, but it's really to do exactly what Josh said. I'm sort of in a sound bites. Tax projections allow you to identify new opportunities early so that you can take advantage of them and then helps you avoid surprises. Helps you avoid surprises. Well, so, so here are some people who maybe need to be thinking about a tax projection. Really, it's everyone this year uh, who's still working because the tax reform has maybe improved your tax picture, but your employer may have started reducing uh, the withholdings that are being pulled out of your paycheck. But what about someone who's selling a business or someone who's changing jobs? Anyone who has their health insurance through the Affordable Care Act or mm. the marketplace, you need to be doing a proactive tax projection. Anyone who lost a spouse this year or someone emerging from the college years, any kind of material change in your life really should drive you to do a pro, uh, proactive tax projection like this so that you know exactly how your tax picture has changed before it's set in stone at the end of the year. Quickly, Ryan, what would you add to that or, or any common themes that you're seeing as you're doing projections this year? Well, yeah, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about a lot of them with the the withholding adjustments uh, through payroll and and then all of I mean the, this was the biggest tax change in years years yeah and that's it's coming through for 2018 and and so it's going to be impacting everybody yeah I, so not that I would disagree with Josh I've just learned um, even when I might I just always agree with him because he's you know <laughs> usually yeah. usually right but but yes that that list. If you've been in a life transition, changes, even if your company asked you to, to fill out new withholding forms, W-4s, or you switch jobs, but I would even say beyond that, everyone needs a tax projection this yeah. year. You do because your situation's changed regardless. How? We're going to talk about what those biggest tax changes are and how you can prepare. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. How are the new tax laws going to impact you? And are you prepared, most of all? Have you done a tax projection? You know exactly how it's going to impact you and you're ready. There won't be any surprises. We're helping you with that today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard here with me in the KFG studios. Joshua Gregory and special guest CPA and CFP Ryan Fair. I want to say thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, as well as First State Bank for making the Wise Money Show possible. Thanks very much. If you have any questions, we're talking about tax planning. Tax planning is confusing. There's lots of changes. Likely you have questions. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. Just submit a question right there on the right. It goes directly to me and an email. And if it's something about your personal situation, we can get back to you. If it's something just for the show, we can address it on an upcoming show. Same thing. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. And then all over social media, you can connect with the show. You can watch every episode on the YouTube channel. So Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, just search Wise Money Radio. 
Before we continue the topic of tax planning and talking about the changes going on in the tax world, the stock market's been a little bit more turbulent recently, and it's been an interesting year anyway. And so um, let's just uh, quickly uh, address that a little bit. Well, I think maybe a, a reminder that just even a couple of weeks ago, we had a, an episode where we were talking about volatility and what your response should be. Um, but if, if you're feeling nervous in any way, uh, when you look at your investments or you hear about all the noise going on in the markets on any given day, uh, it, it's maybe a time to dial back in, refocus on your overall financial plan and make sure that you're having the right response. So I would encourage you, if, if there's any of that heartburn going on as you look at the markets, now's the time to be reaching out to your certified financial planner. If you don't have one, you can feel free to reach out to us. We'd be happy to give you an opinion on uh, what maybe your next step should be. For some of you, there may even be a tax-related response. Mm. So it's, it's great that we've got a CFP and CPA on the show with us today, Ryan Fair. Um, but, but making sure that your investment approach and your tax planning approach are integrated together, it's one of the hallmarks of taking a comprehensive approach to financial planning. And I know Ryan gets that. That's mm -hmm. why he's on the show today. That's right. That's right. Well, all right. Every year tax planning is absolutely critical, but this year it, it's a must because everyone's tax situation has changed due to these sweeping tax uh, new tax laws. So for individuals... Let's start talking about some of the highlights. Ryan, what are some of the big changes that really could impact you when you're doing your projection and so on, your planning that you need to be aware of so that you're not surprised? Sure. Yeah, like you said, there's this is the biggest change that's come through in a bunch of years uh, that relates to the tax situation of really everybody. At some scale, this is going to impact every everybody that's going to file a tax return. Uh, so first, first and foremost is the standard deduction. That's the one that everybody and it's going to impact everybody. Uh, standard deduction is basically a deduction or a coupon of money that you don't have to pay tax on. And for a married filing jointly couple, that standard deduction is all the way up to $24,000. For for singles, it's still, it's 12000 So if we just go back even to 2017, the last tax returns that we, we filed, for a married filing uh, jointly couple, the standard deduction was twelve thousand seven hundred and sixty three hundred and fifty dollars for for individuals. So it basically doubled, right? Essentially. It did. It doubled uh, across the board for everybody. There's a lot of folks because of that they won't be uh, itemizing their own deductions. They're not going to build their own write-off by keeping track of certain expenses. They're going to take the freebie option that the government is offering. Yeah, you take the larger of your standard deduction or itemized deductions. And whichever one's bigger is better for you. And so that's what you take as the deduction. So, you know, a group out there that's really nervous about this churches and charities. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, I, I think everyone's holding their breath wondering whether or not the gifts that are given and written off on your tax return are because of the tax savings or just out of the generosity and the support coming from someone's heart. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm counting on the second one being true, that <laughs> people are going to keep on giving. We're coming into the holiday season, and that often serves as a reminder, you know what, I, I want to support that, that charity again. But um, you may or may not get a direct tax write-off for that this year if you're no longer going to be itemizing your deductions. 
That doesn't mean don't give now. And on top of that, we we covered this in an earlier show as well, but you can reach out to us or your financial planner. There are some other creative ways to, Mm -hmm. to give yourself a better chance at writing those off, some planning techniques that we can help you with in order to make sure that, that you do so. But yep. there's a trade-off though, Ryan, yeah. with this higher standard deduction, what do you lose? So the thing you lose is exemptions. Mm-hmm. So basically an exemption uh, in earlier years, you would take a deduction, 2017 is $4,050, is a deduction from income for every person in your household. That was the benefit of claiming a dependent in years past. So you would claim a dependent, you get a $4,000 uh, deduction from income that you don't pay tax on. Yep. Now they've eliminated the exemptions and lumped them all in with the standard deduction. Yeah, you know, this is one of those tax write-offs that used to be based on the head count in the family, how many people are on the tax return. And for families with a bunch mm-hmm. of people under their roof, uh, all of a sudden, you, you start doing that math, $4,000 per person goes away. Right. That's a significant tax write-off that's eliminated. V- very significant, yes. Correct. So Congress knew that. They were thinking, believe it or not. No, I know. They, they I know, were thinking. I know. It's shocker. Uh, in context here, though, they were planning ahead, and they they changed the child tax credit to to help offset that that loss. So child tax credit, what in the world is that? It is a tax credit, which is different and better than a tax deduction. So credit is a dollar for dollar reduction in the amount of tax that you owe. Um, Prior to 2018, every child that you had that was under age 17 at the end of the year, you received a tax credit for $1,000 per kid. So if you owed $10,000 after your tax was calculated, you would get a child tax credit of a thousand. It would reduce it down to nine thousand that you would owe the government. So, those were that was a thousand dollars per child that was mm-hmm. under under age seventeen. So Congress jumped that up to two thousand dollars per child, which is huge. That's a credit, two thousand dollars per child. Not necessarily a reason to start having kids. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. But makes it a little less financially difficult. You know, they also made it better in the sense of not only doubling it, but there was a whole group of middle-income families out there that never got the full benefit of their $1,000 per child Mm -hmm. credit in the past because they would get phased out after their income reached too high of a limit. Now they've dramatically quadrupled that level. Yeah, the phase-out started before at around $110,000 for a married filing joint couple they stretch that all the way up to 400000 before you before you get phased out or start getting phased out of the child tax credit. So, yeah, so it's going to help a lot more people. If you're, if, you, if, if you're a married couple and you're both working, you can get to that 110000 limit pretty quickly mm-hmm. and have this being phased out. So it's going to impact you. And it helps the lower, lower income too. Um, they... Be the the two thousand uh, dollar child tax credit that we're talking about is a uh, non refundable credit. So what that does is it reduces your tax down to zero, but a portion of it, a smaller portion of it, is called a refundable credit, which means you still get money back even if your tax liability is zero. And that that's been increased. It's because, increased. Yeah. So yeah, it's up right. to fourteen hundred dollars per child is a refundable tax credit. Yeah. So, so that credit can not only wipe out your whole tax bill but actually push you to negative tax, in other words. Yeah. You get a refund above and beyond your 
your withholdings and wow. yeah. what's yeah. this family dependent credit though and, and how does that work so yeah family dependent credit so again we talked about exemptions you got that for everybody that was a dependent in your household child tax credit went away when in the year that they turned 17 so kind of to help offset that uh, dependent exemption thing for the people in your the dependents in your household that were over 17 or above um, they added a new credit that we haven't had before. It's $500 per person, mm-hmm. again, as a tax credit that you get back for other dependents that are either 17 or if you have, you know, mom and dad or grandpa and grandma living with you mm-hmm. that are de- truly dependents, there's there's this other family tax credit. You see what I'm talking about? You you, you need to do a tax projection this year. Yeah. You need to, I mean, this is gonna, going to impact so many people and we're not even halfway through the changes. On top of that, what if you're a small business owner? And I'm not talking about just owning a small business. I'm talking about self-employed or having rental properties. We're going to talk about those changes as well, things you need to be aware of. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thank you for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. I'm Mike here in the KFG studios with Josh and special guest, CFP CPA Ryan Fair. Thank you, Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett from Remax 100 for making the Wise Money Show possible. We truly couldn't do it without you. Thank you very much. We've been talking about tax planning and really the whole idea that every year you need to analyze what changes are going on in your financial life and with your taxes and then capitalize on opportunities, new opportunities that, that exist and avoid surprises. And guess what? Your tax picture changed this year. You didn't even need to do anything about it. So you need to be doing tax planning and a tax projection. If you have any questions about any of that, reach out to us, 574-222-2000. You can call us there. You can text us there. 574-222-2000, online, wisemoneyradio.com, and then all over social media, just search Wise Money Radio, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all that sort of stuff. So we are right in the middle of, all right, Mike, you just said those, everyone's uh, tax picture is going to change. Well, how? How? We're talking about for individuals, in just a second, we'll add small business owners to the mix, but talking about the changes for individuals. What else, Ryan? What uh, what it also is changing for individuals? So yeah, we've talked about all of the child tax credit, uh, the, the exemptions, all of that standard deduction changing. Standard deduction probably affects everybody, but what if you say, hey, I don't have kids. No, that, that other stuff doesn't matter. The tax brackets themselves change significantly this year, um, and that's going to affect everybody regardless if you're retired or First, first year out of college or in high school, you know, having your first W-2, uh, the tax brackets themselves went down. So everybody is going to be paying less income tax percentage on their taxable income. So, and again, that's everybody. The, yeah. the, the ranges went up, the percentages went down, which means you can, you know, you can count on paying a less tax. All right. So there, there's a there's yeah. a trouble brewing here, but just to give you a feel, it used to be 10% and then 15 and 25 and 28 and so on. And now it's 10 still and, yep. then, and then 12. Right. That's new. And then 22, right? And then 24. So, so you're going to save 
once you get past that 10%, you're going to save 3 to 4%, maybe even more because the tax bracket's a little bit right. widened um, on every dollar of taxable income. But, okay, you, you might think, well, that sounds great. How could there be a problem? I potentially think there's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has to do with those of you who are still working. Your employers back in February, I believe it was, mm-hmm. they started using new tax withholding tables. So out of every paycheck, they're withholding a certain amount to pay to the federal government on your behalf. They're prepaying your tax for you, essentially, but they're doing less of it now. Yep. They're not withholding as much money. And so it's it's almost as if you're receiving some of these tax savings throughout the year in tiny little bite-sized amounts that you may have not even noticed it happening. Yep. And so you're thinking, oh boy, at the end of the year, I'm gonna get a nice size refund. No, you may have already received it throughout the year. In fact, some employers or some some people's financial pictures are causing them to go from refund mode last year to maybe even owing this year. It, it, this is not uncommon, right? Mm-hmm. And so, right. so you might be hearing about these good, um, these these new tax breaks, and think, okay, I'm used to getting a thousand dollar refund. With all of this, I'm going to get two. And you show up and you owe five hundred dollars. Right. That's very possible under the new plan. Yeah, it is. For for most people, it's working out okay from what we've seen. But there's there's definitely a crowd that it is going to impact uh, more so than than others. And so so these withholding tables that Josh is talking about that your employer is calculating federal withholdings each paycheck. You those mean are part of the government conspiracy to control exactly. us, right? Yes. Okay, that's yes. what you mean. So that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. But those are released by the IRS that tells your employer, you know, if they make this much, withhold this, you know, percentage or, or calculation of taxes from each paycheck. And, you know, when you start a new job or every year, every 10 years, you fill out a W-4 that tells your employer hey, I want you to withhold based on those IRS tables. Uh, put me down for married and two dependents because I've got two kids. Or right. two dependents because I've got no kids, but I just want you to withhold less. based mm-hmm. on, yeah, yeah, withhold less. And so before the IRS tables prior to 18 uh, would would come up with a close approximation of how much the employer needs to take out of each paycheck. Again, based on the thousand dollar child tax credit based on the higher tax brackets all of the the old old laws now if you're the irs released updated tables in february and for 2018 if they're withholding from your paycheck you know married in two exemptions the calculations are they're just they're just numbers that are telling yeah, your employer. Right. Uh, but the calculations are assuming, oh, okay, this person has two exemptions, so they must get two of these $2,000 tax credits uh, for their kids. And the increase gonna, in standard deduction would have helped them, and they're only making X amount. And so we right. really don't have to withhold much at all. Much at all. And so this is, I'm actually concerned for the average person. And this isn't fear mongering. I'm not you just need to look at it mm-hmm. and and see because I have just seen a lot of people where it it's done exactly what I said where it's not a, not I, I shouldn't say a lot but enough sure that you're used to getting a thousand you think you're going to get two because of the tax breaks and trust me your taxes went down but right. your withholdings went down more and now all of a sudden you're going to owe 
So this is voice of CPA Ryan Fair talking about the tax projection and planning process and how lower taxes, but also lower withholding tables really could impact and surprise a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. And we've, like you said, we've seen it in the real world um, doing these tax projections. And so that's that's awesome to let people know ahead of time, um, hey, you need to fix your withholdings, get back on, on track. We need to talk about the impact of small businesses because there's a huge one. I mean, really, this mm-hmm. this whole tax law change wasn't about the middle class. It was about small businesses or businesses, yeah. I should say. But there's one other. If you're thinking, well, wait, I've itemized in the past. I've itemized. It's going to be more than 24000 so I'll keep itemizing. There's no problem. I'm not going to worry about this. Well, there's a couple limitations within the itemized deductions that are changing, and I know we're running a little long on this topic, but... Can you just touch on those really quick, Ryan, because that could surprise a lot of people too. Yeah, a couple of them that you hear in the media all the time right now is the SALT deduction. So SALT is an abbreviation for, or a acronym for uh, state and local taxes, S-A-L-T. And on your itemized deductions, you get to deduct your state and local income taxes, your property taxes on your, your house, and you know any excise taxes on your vehicles. Prior to 2018, you could deduct hundred percent of that as an itemized deduction. Part of this new tax law for 2018 on forward is they put a cap of $10,000 for those that whole section of tax deduction on your itemized deduction. So that's capped now at $10,000. So that's going to impact the higher income earners and the higher property taxpayers. Um, That's where, you know, usually the coasts are the ones that are complaining Mm -hmm. loudest about it right now because you know, New York, California, they've got the highest state income tax rates. They've got the more expensive houses that they're paying, you property know, tax property taxes of 10000 yeah. uh, you know, let alone, you know, not accounting for any of the, the income tax. So that's right. L- l- we're in a good spot as far as property taxes go, and Indiana and Michigan are, you know, reasonable tax. But it could still impact you. It C- definitely coupled will. Coupled with yeah. some limitations on the mortgage interest, but also limitations on miscellaneous um, itemized deductions. I was meeting with someone yesterday who itemized last year at 34000 but when you apply the cap to their SALT and you get rid of the miscellaneous itemized deductions, the deductions would only be sixteen grand. Yeah. And so they're going to lose a decent amount of deduction here. So, yeah, these miscellaneous itemized deductions that Mike's talking about, if you're looking at Schedule A, it's down in the bottom section mm-hmm. of your tax, the tax form. But financial planner fees are not deductible anymore. Tax preparation fees are not deductible anymore. And then the big one is for the uh, unreimbursed employee expenses. And so there's a lot of salespeople out there that cover their own expenses. They pay for all the gas in their car, their mileage, um, their you know attire or mechanics that have to buy all their own tools yeah. and stuff like that. They, they're used to deducting a lot of these unreimbursed employee expenses that they're required to have for their job. That whole section is gone now. Gone gone. So there again, it, this this is going to impact you. You just need to find out how. Yep. I promised there are big changes for small business owners. We're going to hit that next. Whether you own a business and you've got employees or whether it's just you and you're self-employed or whether you have rentals, big changes there. I'm also, I've got two listener questions about taxes. Fans from the show, thanks for submitting those. I'm hoping to get to those as well with special guest Ryan Fair. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Are you aware of all of the new tax planning opportunities available to you? And are you avoiding any potential tax surprises? That's what we're talking about today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group coming to you from the world headquarters of Corhorn Financial Group in the KFT studios. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me, Josh Gregory and special guest Ryan Fair. Thank you for listening. If you've missed anything, you can catch up on every episode in a couple different ways. It's all on podcast. We Every single show, even though it airs on the radio, is on podcast. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll need to search the whole name, Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. That's Corhorn with a K. And uh, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and like it if you do and subscribe to it if you'd like to. You can also listen to every episode right there on the YouTube channel. That's a little more stimulating. You can just see us live in the studio. <laughs> uh, it's not, I mean, we're just sitting here talking, so there's nothing I- exciting going on. But I don't know. I have a lot of people who say they watch it on the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So just search Wise Money Radio. You can like and subscribe to that and share episodes as well if you think the content's helpful. Lastly, online, wisemoneyradio.com. All the episodes right there. You can listen online and submit questions that way as well. So with special guest Ryan Fair here in the studio, we're talking about these tax planning opportunities. And uh, we've got a couple of listener questions. I'm going to use one here to, to kind of line up our next discussion about how the new tax changes will impact small business owners. So fan of the show, Brent, he's 59 from South Bend. He says, I own a small LLC and I have three employees. My accountant has set me up to pay quarterly estimates. This is common if you own a small business or you're a salesperson, something like that. He says, with the tax changes this year, do I need to pay my fourth quarter estimate or not? So before we directly answer that question, why why would he even be thinking that, Ryan? Well, Brent's probably thinking that because of, you know, all the hype of, hey, tax tax law or taxes are all going down. There's some new deduction I've heard of that as a small business owner I get uh, you know twenty percent of something you know mm-hmm. I've heard of that as a as as a small business owner, um, so yeah that's what Brent's Brent's thinking, and this there's not an answer unless you do a tax projection I mean and that's the that's the uh, kind of the cop out answer but no that's it, a real answer it's a real answer I mean because it depends if your accountant when he gave you those fourth or the estimates last year uh, if they what they were based on did mm-hmm. he already account for the decrease in taxes did he already account for this 20 percent thing that you've heard about or are they based on a hundred percent of last year mm-hmm. I mean that's the kind of stuff you have to see where is reality is. is are you making more money this exactly. year that's are you right. making less money this year that sort of stuff answers to these questions have to come from a conversation either with your CPA or with your certified financial planner Ideally, it's with both, both. right? Um, But we we can't answer that because um, there is a new deduction that maybe you're hearing this this rumor uh, all about. It's called a QBID, Qualified Business Income Deduction, and it's for some of uh, the folks like Brent who own their own LLC, um, a limited liability company. It could be a way for them to write off up to 20% of the profits from their business. But it depends on what type of business they're in, what their income level is. There's a lot of gotchas built into this. Mm-hmm. And in fact, this one issue, in my opinion, is probably the one that has had the most CPAs kind of scrambling throughout the year <laughs> to get their mind wrapped around this. I, I would say that of the IRS. 
You know, they've been kind of slow in coming out with guidance on this, this so, whole issue. So, yeah, the tax law changed back in, you know, December of, of uh, 17 is when Congress passed all this stuff. CPAs and accounts have been waiting around for the IRS saying, how in the world are, is the IRS going to interpret this? Yeah. Finally, in August of 2018, just a couple months ago, the IRS released a little summary of what they think that Congress meant and how they were going to interpret this law. It was <laughs> 184 crazy? pages. That is crazy. That's their summary. 184 pages was the <laughs> summary. So that's your warning about this whole thing up front. And then also, it's funny, you know, continuing ed classes we're talking about going to all the time. There's full day seminars just about this one you know, it's called a section 199A is where this stuff is located in the tax code. There's full day and half day seminars just on this 20% thing to understand. Mm-hmm. So part of gonna, it is yeah. part of it is understanding which occupations or which fields are allowed to use this new deduction and which ones got carved out, got segregated or eliminated from from the code. I'll just tell you right now with a little bit of gripe in my voice both financial advisors and accountants got carved out of this one. Not radio show hosts, Casey. You're good. I think. I don't know. Although, although, i got to eat my word. So so share a little bit more about about that, who's in, who's out, in really this gray area. So, yeah, who's in, uh, basically all kinds of business entities except for C-Corps. So you could just be a sole proprietor, file with your tax return, could be an S-Corp, could be a partnership, LLC, all of these business types are, you know, first up front allowed to look at this deduction. The stuff that we're making jokes about with KC and the, the, uh, the if they're allowed, service-based businesses have a different set of rules if you fall under the service-based. So service-based in the IRS terms means that the revenue for the business is generated primarily based on your individual Output, yeah, and your effort and everything. Right. Yep. You're not manufacturing products. Exactly. You're not selling candy bars or RVs. Yep. So, so what does this mean? The simple version is you're allowed to deduct 20% of your gross profit from taxable income and not pay tax on it. And that's the oversimplified version. Uh, the the rules: if you're married and your taxable income is under three hundred fifteen thousand dollars, that basically is how it works, the the 20% deduction. So if you look at your qualified business income, which is the profit from your business, if it's $100,000 at the end of the year and your total household taxable income is less than three hundred fifteen, you qualify. So that $100,000 of qualified business income, you take a, a deduction on your tax return for $20,000 Mm-hmm. That you don't pay tax on if you're eligible for the full twenty thousand. So you're eligible for the deduction, but then how much do you get the full twenty percent? You've got to jump through a couple other flaming hoops of IRS <laughs> garbage <laughs> in order to figure that out. Yep. Yeah, and then so that's that's kind of the first threshold. Once you get up over three hundred fifteen thousand for a married couple, you're phased out between. 315 and 415. Mm-hmm. So that next 100,000 of taxable income, which again is a little bit different for accountants because we're used to dealing with everything being adjusted Adjust, gross income. Yeah. This is taxable income. And so that means all of your itemized deductions come into play, one of the things that you're managing here. I met with an architect just the other day uh, for three and a half hours. 
It was like two meetings in one. One of your shortest of the yeah. week. I know. I, 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 sure. Josh, Josh has long, very long meetings. A huge portion of the time was dealing with this specific issue. And we were able to conclude that an architect, even though he's in the service business and it, you know may have a great year this year, he's not going to be excluded because architects, apparently architects and engineers did a better job of lobbying yeah. their senators than financial advisors and accountants if did. You, nope. If you are self-employed, if you, are, if you own a rental property, if you ha- are a small business owner, you need to set up a meeting with your CPA right now. And and my goodness, if you're preparing your own return because you're you're savvy and you're good with this stuff, you can't. You can't do I just be bold and say you can't do it this year. You got to find a trusted CPA and sit down and talk to them about this because there's just so many changes and what ifs. So, hey, let's sneak in one more question here uh, from Maggie. She's 54 from Osceola. She's currently saving 5% pre-tax, 5% Roth through her 401k. Someone told her that's a bad idea to do both. How do I pick one or what do you guys think on that? Real quick. I, I think it's impossible for someone else to know whether or not that's a bad idea. To me, it sounds like non-committal. Not really <laughs> sure which one's right. So I'll just do a little bit of both, kind of be diversified here. But there are some folks out there where splitting their contributions between a traditional IRA that gives them some tax savings right now and maybe also combining that with a little bit of Roth contribution that will give them tax savings down the road. That could make sense if they're right on the edge of a tax uh, bracket change and maybe those uh, pre-tax contributions help squeeze them down into the lower bracket. It might make sense. But the fact that Maggie's wondering tells me that this decision to split it wasn't based on an overall tax projection. That's the moral of the story for this entire episode today. That's right. Get your tax projection done. Now is the time to be planning what 2018 is ultimately going to look like for you. Thank you for listening. That is all the time we have. If you have questions, reach out to us. Uh, you probably will. And, and so reach out to us in all the ways we mentioned, wisemoneyradio.com, 574-222-2000, or on social media. On behalf of special guests, Ryan Fair, Josh Gregory, and myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.